You're listening to the Simply Instructional Coaching Podcast, a podcast for instructional coaches who want a simple plan with simple steps to get started coaching teachers. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm an elementary teacher turned instructional coach with a little bit of K-12 admin sprinkled in. Tune in for simple tips and strategies for what and how to coach teachers. Being an impactful instructional coach doesn't have to be complicated. Let's make it simple. Hey, hey, coaches, welcome back to the Simply Instructional Coaching Podcast. I am here today with Casey Watts. I say the Casey Watts because I absolutely love her. I love her content. And she is just such a fun person to be around. If there is anyone I know who can come up with a theme off the bat for any and everything, it is Casey Watts. So Casey, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, I'm so glad to be here. Yes, we are so glad to have you here. We are going to just jump into what it is that we're going to talk about today. So Casey, when, before we get started into the podcast, why don't you just let listeners kind of know a little bit about you, some of your work, kind of, you know, what your journey is to instructional coaching. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's important to talk about the journey to instructional coaching because this is your audience, right? Like that's who we're talking to. And we're going to be talking about the Simply Coaching Summit today. And my work as an instructional coach has taken place over the last almost seven years, but I've been in education for nearly 20 years now. And I have done it almost all. So I've been a classroom teacher in grades first through fifth grade, not sixth grade. I almost said sixth grade, but that would be the devil. I can't be in middle school classrooms. Sixth grade is my favorite. (laughs) No. (laughs) Listen, my office is on a middle school campus and never fails. When I leave campus, they start walking the halls and the outside the building and I get so anxious. It's like I have to sprint to my car to get out of there. So I have had classroom experience in grades first through fifth grade, Mm -hmm. self-contained and uh, departmentalized. And I have been an academic coordinator. I've worked as an adjunct professor. And of course, now I am a district instructional coach. And I work on two campuses, a primary and elementary campus in the East Texas area. And I, like I said, I've been an instructional coach for about six years. And the campus that I'm on right now, or the district that I'm with right now, this is my third year there. And I was their first instructional coach. So I've been able to see lots of growth and change. And it has been extremely interesting. I like to say it's kind of like my research field every day to build my content as a coach and consultant on the side. So Awesome. That's kind of where I am. Yeah. Quick question. So when you became an instructional coach, did Mm -hmm. you get any professional development or was it like thrown in like me? It was like, this is your job. And you were like, okay, what I'll do next. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. exactly that. It was okay. I'm just going to learn as I go. We did. So the last place that I worked as an instructional coach, I was actually for a little while, both a classroom teacher and instructional coach. Okay. And it was like, we're going to figure out what this would look like for us in our campus. And we did go to a student-centered coaching institute with Diane Sweeney. Mm -hmm. But after that one institute, it was just 
you know, even when you go and you do the big coaching institutes and everything, you still want someone and something to anchor to. And you have to find your core group of people that are also instructional coaches. Because I couldn't come back and visit with other teachers about the content. I couldn't visit with administrators because instructional coaching is like its own unique little animal. It is. It definitely is. And a lot of people don't get it. Right. I was in a meeting last week and someone said, hey, Nicole, please tell me where your content fits in. Does Mm. it fit in under instruction or leadership? And my response to them was neither. Right. It does not fit in. We are our own group of people. We have to support one another and we work with one another, which is one of my favorite things about our little coaching, (laughs) our little coaching bestie group is that we have instructional coaches that we reach out to when we have issues, when we have problems. So it is really important for you as an instructional coach to really build your community. Yes. Speaking of that, community is definitely Mm -hmm. the Simply Coaching Summit this summer. I know that your session is going to be Three Reasons Coaching Foundations Crumble. Yes. And so why don't you just tell me the importance of building a solid coaching foundation? You know, it's interesting. When we leave the classroom and we go into coaching, you have your own foundations as a classroom teacher. Like you have your why, you know why you're going in every day and you have things that you anchor to that generally don't change over time. Mm -hmm. And then when you come out of the classroom and you go into instructional coaching, I think we make the assumption that those foundations can kind of remain the same. And some of them can, but we really have to make a shift and build a new foundation because like you said earlier, like this is unlike any other role. It's a different beast. And that means that we have to build this new foundation. And, you know, like we said earlier, you're almost scrambling as a new instructional coach to try to figure out like, what, what in the world is this role? And how do I fit in with both teachers and administrators and support student learning? And I find that we miss setting up three or four core values that we want to hold true to throughout our work as an instructional coach. Something that we can come back to again and again to re-anchor us, especially in those times where we're struggling to get through the work as an instructional coach. Yes, I a thousand percent agree. And that's kind of what I teach as well. I make sure that coaches know that they have to create their core values and their why at the beginning of your role, because on those days where you are stressed out, where you just cannot believe this is what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you have a teacher that is blaming you for everything that you have nothing to do with. You have an administrator who is stressed out, but they are coming to you for the answers. You have students that you may serve or you may not serve, but you've built relationships with. You have just so many things that are happening. You have data, you have the testing that you're setting up, you're coordinating this, you got to pick up curriculum, you're trying to find this new book, you have to hit to several different professional developments that you are trying to attend to gather the information to then go back into the building. So you are correct. Holding those foundations and that values is super important for an instructional coach to just have some type of sanity, (laughs) right? 
to remember your why as to why you started this. I know right now, a lot of coaches are pondering going back into the classroom. Some are being put back into the classroom, right? Because of crazy funding and, you know, with the COVID and shortages and different things like that. So I do know that there are some that are being pushed back, but then there are some that want to return. And so you tell me what causes those coaching foundations to crumble. Like, I'm really excited about listening to that. I know you're going to tell me more at the summit, but yes, tell me more about what you think those causes now that maybe a coach right now, Casey, is struggling and they don't yeah. know they want to make that decision. And your session is definitely going to help them, but what could give them some hope right now? Okay. So in the summit, I'm going to talk about three reasons that coaching foundations crumble. And then you end up wanting to withdraw, retreat, and go back to the classroom. And one of those is that we choose to take a pass. And what I mean by that is we get into the work, it becomes challenging and hard, and we decide, you know what, I'm not going to work with that person. Or, you know what, I wasn't told that I needed to do that, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take a pass at that. But what happens when we choose to take a pass is we lose credibility, And when we lose credibility, we are breaking. That's a foundation that we are breaking. And it's hard to rebuild that. It's hard to choose after that. Okay, I'm not going to take a pass anymore. I don't want to lose my credibility. And then you have to build back up. So taking a pass, losing credibility is one way that coaching foundations crumble. Another that I know that you are wholeheartedly going to agree with, you've kind of already mentioned it is a lack of vision or a lack of vision casting skills. And this role is so much about having a vision. And it's really so much about being able to cast vision for other people. You know, I say all of the time in the work that I do with instructional leaders, you as an instructional leader are continuously thinking about how to paint a preferable future for the people that you're working with. They have to be able to see like, what is it that I'm working toward and why do I belong to this work? And if they can't see that, then you're really, you will just remain stagnant and the problems will remain cyclical. Yeah. And then the third reason that our coaching foundations crumble is because we focus more on content and less on conversation. And when instructional coaches focus more on the content and less on how to have conversations, and I'm talking like, how do we have the positive conversations of feedback? How do we have the crucial conversations that are hard to have? Man, that's when we get into those places where we're like, I don't know what to do here. And we retreat, withdraw, we get frustrated, and we don't know how to get out of that place. So those are the three reasons that we're going to talk about. I feel like I'm in church. (laughs) I'm over here like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Absolutely. Those are, yes, that is definitely if you move and shake away from those causes and really plant that foundation, it will change. Having that vision is super important to me because, and I talk about that all the time, right? Making sure that you have a vision that both you and your administrator both have the same vision where you're on one accord so that you guys together can move the boat. 
coaches, I have a few questions for you. Are you struggling to get coaching cycles completed? Are you still trying to figure out what to coach? Are you confused about how to coach teachers? If you raised your hand and said yes to any of these questions, I want to invite you to join me and more than 100 instructional coaches inside the Simply Coaching Hub. The Simply Coaching Hub is a professional development, resource, and community hub that will provide you with practical, relatable, and actionable professional development for new and seasoned instructional coaches. The hub is specifically for instructional coaches created by me and instructional coach. In the hub, we focus on providing specific pathways that meet you where you are in your coaching journey. Differentiation is important when we work with students and even when we coach teachers. Shouldn't it be important when it comes to your growth as a coach too? Absolutely, and that's why when you join the hub, you will be prescribed a coaching pathway that will address your specific needs. The hub also provides a simple framework for you to implement right away. It's time you start coaching with confidence. And most importantly, the hub is a community. With over 100 instructional coaches from all over the world, you will connect with someone who can support you through any situation you may be dealing with. And the best part is you have a coach walking side by side to support you in your journey. It's time to elevate your instructional coaching with the Simply Coaching Hub. Check out www.simplycoachinghub.com to learn more. I will see you in the hub. When I've recently been talking with a lot of administrators, I've been talking to them about making sure that they have their conversation or they communicate the vision that they have for the role for the coach, right? Because many times, and what I've learned over the years is that many times that administrators, Casey, are thrown instructional coaches. Yes. So an administrator has not been an instructional coach, number one. And then second, that administrator doesn't even know what an instructional coach is supposed to do. You're right. So they go online and they Google, right? Instructional coach, what it is that you think it is. And so then they say, okay, this is my idea of what I feel like I need for this person to do. Mm -hmm. This instructional coach, what attends the Simply Coaching Summit, comes to some of our workshops, attends your Facebook lives, and they have their vision of what their role for instructional coaching is. So now we have two people with two different visions, but we're all on the same boat trying to go in the same direction. And so making sure that you guys come together to become on one accord and get that under control, as I say, and get that vision together. I think that definitely helps along with that foundation and your vision casting will give them that process for them to be able to create that vision. I think that is super, super important for instructional coaches. So I know that we kind of talked a little bit about the three causes and you guys are going to go deep into more of what it is that Casey has for you. But I know Casey has a lot going on right now and in the upcoming months, she has a lot of content that she is sharing with coaches and I want to make sure that you guys are able to reach her. So Casey, kind of talk about some of the work and some of the workshops you have coming up or you had in the past by the time this recording is out, (laughs) how some of this may have already um, get, but I really want them because I know vision casting is one of your things. Like I really want everyone to kind of learn more about that. And kind of let them know where they could reach you. 
Okay. So guys, I want to tell you a little bit about what I do as a consultant. So essentially, I solve problems that products and programs don't solve. So I want you to envision, and this is going to be so easy for you guys to envision if you are an instructional coach or leader of any kind, you've probably experienced a situation where teams or organizations struggle to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. Or you feel like a team or organization struggles with the same things again and again and again, and there's no change. There's no significant growth in student learning, or we're just spinning our wheels and not making any gains. And I believe that this often happens because people don't know what they're working toward. They lack clarity around vision, or they lack the will or skill to be able to even approach a vision. And this is what else I believe. Oftentimes, instructional leaders have so much on their plates that they don't even know where to start to make change happen. And that's when they resort to purchasing another product or program that doesn't really solve any problems. So I'm over here like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yes. Yes. How many times do we do that? How many times do we do that? We say, oh, this doesn't work in education. Or what about we purchase something and we try it for two days? Yeah. Oh, Lord. And then we say it doesn't work. And then what do we do after that? Go buy another program. Yeah, we sure do. We sure do. We absolutely do. So I specialize in vision casting and scripting critical moves so that leaders can untangle those messy, hard to reach visions or instructional goals and strategically move teams forward, even when change seems impossible. So If you go to my Facebook lives, which I have almost every single week, you're going to hear all about how to build cohesive vision-driven teams. So we, right now, I'm in the midst of talking about how to build maps, timelines, and steps to help vision cast and script critical moves for teachers to make change. Awesome. Hey, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What's the difference... Or what do you feel is the difference in coaching individuals and coaching teams? Because you just said something about that. And so many people ask me that. And I work more with coaching individuals. Well, of course, I've coached team grade level teams. Mm -hmm. But I talk more about individuals. I love that you brought that team. So tell me, tell our audience, how do we decide when is the best time to coach a team versus coach an individual teacher? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I will tell you, my forte is coaching teams. I would much prefer to coach teams over an individual any day. Not that I don't love individual conversations, but to me, when you're coaching a team, you truly are coaching them in a way that moves them collectively toward a common goal. And I hear so often coaches that work with teams like during planning or PLCs, you're not really coaching during that time unless you are going in with your own idea of what that team needs coaching on and they know that they need coaching on it. You know, so I have actually had a team this year who needed coaching around building an agenda 
and sticking with that agenda and determining roles for the team members during that planning meeting. So that's what I coached around. It wasn't necessarily instructional, but it was more, how do we function as a team? Okay. And so how did you pull that goal out? Like, how did you decide that that was going to be a goal for them? They, they kind of set that goal for themselves. Okay. They were a struggling team and I had individuals from that team come to me separately And I said, every one of you is coming to me with this issue. So I'm going to lay it on the table and we're going to have some crucial conversations around it. Where do we move from here? If we know this is what we want our end goal to be. So they decided to like, we scripted out on chart paper, what each of them felt like they needed Mm -hmm. each time they planned together, what they felt like a successful planning meeting would look like. We jotted it down on chart paper And we just checked off anytime someone repeated something so we could say, here's what we all can agree on. This is what we're working toward. Okay. That's awesome. So what happens when you have, when you're coaching a team? And these are questions, y'all, that I just want to ask. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What happens when you're coaching a team, right? You have, let's say we have four people on a team. Mm -hmm. You're coaching a team and you have three that are all on the same page and you have that one team member that is struggling to become a part of that team or they just have a reason why they don't want to do it. You know how sometimes we just have those adults who just want to not conform to some of the things that it is that we really need to get done. So what do you do in that situation? That is a perfect opportunity for an individual coaching cycle. Okay. Even though it's not necessarily related to student learning, isn't it? Isn't it absolutely related to student learning? Oh, absolutely. If they can't get along, then... Exactly. Yeah, it definitely affects it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, too, that's one of the things that I like to do with teams in the beginning of the year is some personality assessments and determining how do we each contribute and what is that going to look like? And we do a lot of work sharing the load and ensuring that everyone's going to bring something to the table. You know, after you have those norms set in place, when norms aren't being followed, we know it directly impacts student learning. So mm-hmm. that gives you a segue into a coaching cycle. It's just that your coaching cycle is now focused on how do we help you to be a strong member of this team? Perfect. Yeah. Really quick. I'm going to go back to where you said they took some personality tests. I know the Enneagram is one that's out there. Do you have or suggest any other ones that you could give coaches that they may want to use? Another that I've talked a whole lot about recently is the working genius assessment. And if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see several posts about the working genius and you'll see the six types of working genius. What I like about it is that it's specifically related to the work that we do day in and day out Okay, and specifically related to like what brings you fulfillment in your work. Okay. Workinggenius.com. I'll be checking that out so that I could see about me and my coaching style and what I bring to the table. Right. (laughs) Okay. Uh So you have them to do that. That kind of helps with your norms. Do you have teams to do social agreements or norm agreements and that they sign and maybe you put up somewhere in the room? Is that an idea or is that too kiddie-ish? No, we absolutely have done that. 
I will say it depends on the team and where they are along the journey of becoming a cohesive team. I don't generally do that unless the teams have gotten to a point where I feel that they're ready to do something like that and take it seriously and understand the meaning behind it. Okay. Because otherwise you're implementing those social agreements with little to no purpose, or it's just not going to hold a lot of weight. With that said, I just feel like it depends on where they are in their journey as a team. Okay. I know we got kind of off on a tangent a minute about coaching teams, but I really think that that is a very important part of our foundations and kind of what it is that we need as coaches, because a lot of times we don't even know how to function or coach a team. That would have been one of my biggest struggles. So if I had a coach that was coaching me, I would have really wanted them to tell me more about coaching teams. I think my specialty as a coach is that one-on-one relationship. I mean, of course, I I did a lot of coaching of teams, but really that one-on-one relationship really helps me. I guess it's just my kind of personality. Yeah, yeah. All right, Casey, make sure you tell everyone where they can find you. What's your website? What's your social media? What's all of that good stuff? Yeah, you can go to my website, catchingupwithkc.com. It's very simple to remember. I just imagine like, let's have a conversation. Let's catch up. So catchingupwithkc.com and my social media handles are very similar. It's catchupwithkc. And you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Very rarely am I on Twitter, but I have an account there. So it's just blank. Perfect. There I am. Yeah. All right, you guys will catch up with Casey is in full effect. So make sure you guys go ahead and catch up with her. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Make sure that you check the show notes for all of the links and to make sure that you register for the Simply Coaching Summit. We will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. for listening to the Simply Instructional Coaching Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with other coaches and teacher leaders, post about it on social media, and leave a rating or review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at simplycoachingandteaching underscore and on Twitter at coachandteach. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode. Happy coaching.